Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 28. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we've got another great guest. I can't believe it's April already. We're really flying through the year. We've got a great guest on the show, but for what I want to do is, we, we have just had a very special moment in our family. Um, I have just gone out and purchased my son's very first car. Um, he is just about to do his driving. Well, he's learning at the minute, and he's just about to do his test. And, it, you know, we all remember our first cars. Um, but this, the, things have changed a lot since back then. And, you know, can you remember when you used to have to use a handle to open the windows? Or when steering, you sometimes used to have to have arms like Arnold Schwarzenegger to do three-point turns or something like that. It's just amazing how far technology has come along. And, you know, tape holding up parts of your car or the old coat, coat hanger that was the TV, the radio antenna as well. Those those were the days. But it is, it is a, mem- a memory that I am... Um, marking with posterity uh, on the on the show so um so yeah so it's an interesting he he has not a clue yet um i've got to go and pick him up from uh his college where you can see it so it should be an exciting can't wait to see his face but i digress slightly um we're going to jump out to the guest derek mills also known as the standards guy and he is when i first met De- uh derek it was it was about four 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 years ago I think it was it was part of an evolutionary business council meeting that um, was organised by Teresa de Grabois who's been on the show as well and um, when the first moment I met Derek there was just something about him he's got such a warm authentic honest personality and he just wants to help and he really does this work from the heart, which is something I, I massively admire. His book is absolutely fantastic. It's called The 10 Second Philosophy, and it is um, by, by in my terms, in fact, when people join uh, the Success IQ Elite Coaching Program, this book is actually one of the recommended readings because it is such a valuable, a valuable resource to have. And, you know, Derek has done so much. Not only is he someone that's really transformed his life from, as he describes, working seven days a week for 17 years, trying to achieve goal setting and failing on every level, which mattered to him. He, in almost like a an overnight, a, a revolutionary insight one evening, Derek was able to turn his life and business around by adopting the philosophy that we talk about in this interview. But he didn't really change anything in the sense of the programs, the packages and stuff that he was selling. It was very much how he looked at things, about the standards that he put in place. And when we, you know, because of that, he went from being broke and depressed to making his first million pounds within three years. And... It is just an, a, an amazing story. He's also an expert on the forthcoming movie about the book Think and Grow Rich, which is the best-selling personal development book of all time. He's a former advisory board member of the Birmingham Symphony Hall, a fellow of British American Project, which is for future leaders, and an award-winning film producer. He's worked with FTSE 100 companies, English Premier 
league scouts and professional footballers, business owners, wealth managers and coaches. And it really is an absolute privilege to have him on the show. And, you know, I really do hope you get as much out of this interview as I did. Um, you know, he's, he is someone that I really do respect and definitely recommend you getting the book and having a look. But we talk about that in the in the interview as well. So let's listen to the interview. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure. I've been I've been really looking forward to getting you on the show. I know the last one we had to we had to cancel right on the right on the eleventh hour, but um, knowledge, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but could you could you talk to um, the listeners about your journey of entrepreneurship and what brought you to this this point today? Yeah, Jeff. Uh, one of the uh, considerations I had when I was uh, where I knew we were going to have this this conversation was what what are the key aspects of the transition from a uh, a struggling entrepreneur mm. to a successful entrepreneur and and the success part of course I define is what I'm sure you do as well we have these conversations is more than just the money it's about the whole life it's about the the balanced whole life person family health yeah. and all the rest of it so it's how do you transition from struggling in all of those areas including financially to being more successful and as you know, part of my journey was I, I've worked in financial services now for uh, for 30 years, and um, but the first 17 and a bit of those was abject failure on every level that mattered to me. I was you know, working six, seven days a week, um, working until late at night, almost every night, well, certainly not on a Sunday, but the rest of the week, um, and seeing clients all over the UK, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, just... Um, to you know, to get cash flow and the clients were getting a great service, but I found that I was really, really suffering uh, personally and financially and family-wise and health-wise. And it, my, my real journey became the realization that that to to have a, a successful life, you have to be authentic. And it basically meant that I had to change everything that I was doing, which because it was inauthentic. It was here's what the sector does, here's what the organization you represent does, here's what other people do, here's what clients want me to do. You put all those together and there was no me in the middle of that. Mm. So I was living a very inauthentic life. And as no surprise as um, to, to say that as a result of that inauthenticity, I was getting horrible results. Uh, I was nearly depressed. In fact, I was depressed. I just didn't go to the doctors for diagnosis. And um, and of course, just struggling to pay the bills. At one point, I had some repossession. Uh, had bailiffs in my house because I couldn't pay my council taxes, my property taxes. So no easy journey. But the, the, but the true journey became the realization that true success comes through being authentic. And how I turned my business around was why I didn't leave the business. I didn't stop being self-employed. I kept the same office, the same products, the same services. The only thing I changed was me by determining how do I really want to do this in an authentic way, which honors and serves me, and that allows me to honor and serve as many people as I can in a way that also honors and serves me. So there's a nice virtuous loop there. Mm. Once I tapped into that loop, the same products and services in the same room, in the same office, um, within three years, the uh, profitability that it was said, if you look at turnover, the turnover had gone up by 12 times. Mm. So that, that's what I realize is the journey of the entrepreneur is one from potential struggle to a realization of who they are, what to deliver, and how to deliver, and of course, to whom. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And and for you when you when you were going through this um this transition, yeah. it's it it, it it what sort of challenges did you did you face with that? Because mm. we 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 all understand that there's that there's those challenges that you know some days you just you just don't want to carry on because mm, mm. it's it's you know it just seems so hard and funny enough over the last sort of two three weeks I've mm. had quite a few clients ring up and seem to be in that place yeah and it's and it's 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 a it's a common thing it to to be that demotivated in certain times isn't it it is yeah and one of the things i i did when i was in that place which was unfortunately for for years and years um was was i um kept kept a note i kept a journal hmm. and um and there's a reason why i kept a journal i didn't know what it was at the time i thought it was because um i'd say to myself at some point some good will come out of this and i'll um we have to show people look that's where i was and that's how much i was in debt and here's how i was feeling i was depressed and here's my notes around that and here's, here's my areas of lack in my life and how i was feeling and uh, so in other words i was kind of doing that kind of victor frankel reframe um you know man's uh, uh, i think so it's called uh, as a man thinketh yes yeah and it, i was really saying to myself you no know, so th- even though it's horrible right now if i record this at some point good will come out of this hmm. And that's why I was recording it. So keeping those notes almost just to keep me sane and keep me above ground and keep me keep me going at it, even when it remained horrible for many years. When things turned around, Jeff, what I found what was interesting is that um, not only did it do that to say there was value in that, because I'm now using all those experiences and notes and ideas and feelings to help other people, but it also gave me a massive amount of confidence, a huge amount of confidence that wasn't expected. The confidence it gave me was, I'd gone through years and years of struggle, upstands, business, personal health, relationships, money, obviously huge, it was a huge one. Yet here I am. Mm. In other words, life will be always full of stuff like that. Yep. In the future, always have that stuff. But I realized, keeping a record of all those bad times, was that I get through stuff. I can make it through stuff. No matter how bad it is, here I am. Therefore, when there's things and stuff and challenges and problems and issues and whatever it might be, next week, next month, next year, five years, 20 years, Derek Mills gets through that stuff. It's actually it's not a problem. In fact, it makes him who he is. Hmm. So, so it's sort of like a an, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> It's like an advanced reframe to say, yeah, when stuff comes in the future, that'll be okay as well. Well, how do you know? Because all the ones in the past have turned out okay, haven't they? So therefore, it must be the case in the future. And that's where my confidence comes from to say, it doesn't matter what I'm hit with. That's going to be okay. Does does that kind of make sense as as an attitude? Yeah, completely, because I know that I I sort of look back now with my illness and I didn't keep a journal um, because I didn't want to remember. Now as as what I do... I wish I had. Mm. Um, I mean, the only thing I ever used to keep is, and I remember um, reading out of uh, one of the retreats that you did and I attended was mm-hmm. the, the list of how I recorded who I was. And yes. it was just a list of, well, negative crap, really, that I used to tell myself. Um, and obviously that became a self-fulfilling prophecy and didn't help itself. But I look at it now and I go, God, I wish I had just recorded those things and I didn't start recording and keeping a journal really until um the year I got but this my recovery year if you want so in 2006 Mm -hmm. I'd been ill since 2000 but 2006 and it was then I started to because my my philosophy was to record my successes so when I'm having those bad days I can look back and go 
do you know what? No matter what you've gone through. So it's similar to what you kind of like can say, but I just didn't record the the bad stuff, and it's quite it's it's yep. it's, it's it's quite foresight on 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 your on your side to have that sort of even then even though when you were going through the the challenges to have that to have that determination to go do you know what, I'm I'm going to record this whatever yeah. you did you know even though at that time you didn't know what it was for to have In that to record it. Yeah, it was, it was really a sense of um, you know, helping me to get through mm. and, and just to keep those notes. And uh, I've got dozens of journals now, but to keep those notes, because, you know, I, I think having read the um, as of the book, As Man Thinketh, and looking what happened, you know, for those that don't know, it's where this guy goes through the, um, the concentration camps during the Second World War. And all he kept focusing on was, you know, the fact that whatever he's going through, what his fellow Jews were going through, that this will mean something in the future. Now, living through that in the day will mean something. So it almost it gave value to the horror, knowing that the lessons will come out of this and it will be okay and things will change. And that literally gave him his mental and his spiritual uh, and energetic food that mm. kept him through. And what was interesting, I recall from his story, was how by thinking and feeling and, and, and you know, reframing the way that way, um, not so much roasting to glasses, but by seeing it in, in a stronger way, in a more empowering way, he remained strong. And it, it literally, there'll be times where, you know, people will be called out, you know, you've got to come and you know, you know where they were all going when they were called out. And there were dozens and dozens of instances where he should have been the guy that, you know, that he shouldn't be here mm. with the amount of entities that he had where he could have had his life taken. And what was fascinating, I thought at the time was that um, because he'd had that frame of mind that good will come from, and what this is, good will come from this, it's as if to say that kept him alive. Mm. Not just live mentally and spiritually, but kept him alive. But as we're going, this is it. This is the end yeah. of the world, and it's all over. And it doesn't get any worse than this. And you know, uh, because could it be? And it's just a, I'm throwing this out there. I've never, I've never actually had this conversation with anyone before. Is it? Could it be that the very energy we have around something and how we experience it, and how we represent it to ourselves, that 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 energy comes out and impacts other people, and therefore when. With thousands around him were chosen to go to the, the chambers or where, wherever they were going. He was miraculously, time and time and time again, mm. energetically not chosen to go down that pathway. Yeah. So the lesson could, could the lesson be for us um, that by by being in that place and having that frame of mind that we actually do in a way protect ourselves from things that could be much worse to say good will, good will come from this so Jeff I'm not, I'm not I wasn't I'm not going to sit here and say to you that um, I was thinking all this at the time and no. then I've keep this. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying I read that book and I just thought yeah. you know what I'm going through some stuff not as bad as that guy's stuff No, but you know everyone's stuff is their own personal stuff so mm. so what I'm going through right now if I keep a, a note of this Good will come out of this at times, and you know my even the very book, um, the Ten Second Philosophy that, that, that I wrote for Hay House. You know, there are things in there that will not surprise you to hear. I, the little bits of that come from journals and notes I've kept all year from years way back. Because mm. my thinking was, if I'm going through this struggle, maybe some of the stuff in this struggle will help someone else that's also struggling. And whether that be in five years or ten years or twenty years' time, this one line, this phrase, this mm. question, this idea could help someone that I haven't even met or may never meet. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought up your book. Um, I, 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 this this book is, and I, and 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 I'm not just saying it because you're on on the show and you're a friend, but this book is an awesome book. I've just gifted it to Thank three you. people last week, um, because it is it is something that um, you you are the first person that I've actually met that has 
you know, I've got my life lessons and we talk about and we'll, we'll go through it, but to have those sort of rules and mm-hmm. standards that you go by. And, I, and it, for me, when I, when I read it and when I met you, it was such a refreshing change to, to read this. And what, for you, brought you to that point of having, creating that sort of that 10-second philosophy, that, those standards that you, that you have? Jeff, I think this is a great question, perhaps one of the greatest questions, because it's it's the answer to that that changed everything. Mm. Uh, I'd been, you know, up until the end of, no, sorry, November 2003, I'd been setting goals. Because mm. like you and like everybody else, we were told set goals for success, and if you set goals, you'll be successful. Mm. The, the, the challenge I had after 17 years of doing that, and it didn't matter which goals program I was on, mm. and, and by the way, in SMART goals definitely didn't work, because yeah. <laughs> smart, goals, the SMART goals just made me dumb, you know, yeah. and by dumb, I'm, I mean uh, dis- disillusioned, unmotivated, mad, and I don't know what the, what, what the D stands for, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the P, you know, but it was, how bored that was, it? yeah, yeah. Dis- disillusioned, unmotivated, mad and bored with this whole process, yeah. but um, so start SMART goals, dumb, that's what I call them, but here, here's, here's the thing, 17 years of setting goals and going different programs i did the robbins thing and did the listen to some tapes and some cds and different people's stuff but i was still broken depressed at uh, 38 years old mate so you know it wasn't what, what hit me at that point was this isn't all there's something missing mm. there's definitely something missing i was blessed with uh, you know nothing less than the blessing to have an evening on um november the 11th 2003 where someone asked me a question and because i was you know really paying attention I listened to the question and made me, the question was simply, you know, what time did I get in that morning? And without going into too long a, a, a story, it's just to say that I've been getting in early and working late for all of those years and and really not enjoying my life at all. Mm. But when this guy asked me this question in the office, it was the office security guard, and just asked me, and it was almost 10 in the evening, and he just said, you know, what time did you get in this morning? Because, you know, I was wondering, you know, what time did this guy, guy go home? Yes. And I just said, well, it was... Um, you know, it was eight o'clock, but I've been up since six and the travel and the journey to the office, all the rest of it. And I wouldn't get home probably till around half, 10, quarter, 11. And that was my normal, regular day. But in that moment, when he walked away, I realized, heavens, now this is not my life. It's not what I'm meant to be doing. I've been setting goals for 17 years, but I'm still broken, depressed. And I have done it. I've done the systems. And I know hundreds or thousands of people that have done similar things and haven't achieved their goals. In that moment, I realized that goals alone do not work. Hmm. There's a missing link. Any goal system, any goal uh, program that's out there, most of them around the world, most people around the world will tell you, do not work. That's most. I've spoken on four continents, as you know. Mm-hmm. We've had that conversation. Four continents to different cultures, um, business and personal audiences, spiritual audiences, all, all, all that type. And for most people, miss their goals most of the time. Mm-hmm. So what I realized, I was, I was one of those people. And the realization that came out to me in that 10-second that moment, that kind of um, epiphany, if you like, is that it's not about the goals. It never has been. Because the thing about goals, uh, Jeff, is that um, goals are a a point in time and a thing in time. Mm -hmm. And we don't live in the future. We live in the present and we're going to do things in the present when we, we, are, we are at our best we are, when we are in the present, when we are living in today. So I uh, realized in that moment that what I had to do was pay attention to the daily standards I was living by. So rather than the goal for the future, which I'm doing forever, and I had the vision board, I'd written them down, I'd visualized them. But here's the thing, broken, depressed after 17 years of doing that. What I noticed was that um, some people goals don't work at all and they weren't working for me. But I realized that true success, 
comes from our daily standards. So a daily standard is you know, a basis, criterion, level, quality or rule. One of those five axioms, a basis, criterion, level, quality or rule that we authentically set from inside ourselves or our businesses and that we adhere to just for that day. And that's it. And then one day at a time and, until we achieve whatever we want to achieve. So I've I realized that I should live instead by daily standards set from within rather than by goals based on the future that always seem to be some dangling carrot as far as I was concerned. Mm. And I was, the, I, was the, I was the ass, the donkey, trying to nibble that carrot and not getting a sniff you know, for most of the time. Mm. Um, and, and there was a weird thing, Jeff, which I know that you'll understand, is that because I'd attached happiness to my goals, as yeah. in... You ask someone what, what, what reason for setting their goals. No one says, to be really unhappy. That's why I want that goal, Derek. No one says <laughs> that, you know. Everyone, no matter who you are, attaches some form of happiness to the achievement of said goal. And the challenge is, firstly, um, is that, you know, you, you can't be happy in the future. You can only be happy in the now. Mm. Happiness is a now experience. Yep. Happy, happiness is a present time experience. So when you, when you shift your happiness into the future, you're actually taking happiness from today. That's what it was one challenge. And the other challenge was, of course, I wasn't achieving my goals anyway. So I never got the happiness that I'd set up for the yeah. future. Yeah. That's the biggest problem with, with, with goal setting and daily standards, which says be present, live an authentic life from within and focus on the basis, criterion, levels, qualities and rules you live your life by because it's your daily standards that determine you, not the goal. And that's worth repeating because I've, I've repeated that to myself daily for so many years now. Mm. Our goal, goals don't achieve goals. They never have. Mm. Goals do not achieve goals. The daily standards that we live by will determine us. Our failures, our successes mm. are determined by our daily standards, not by any goal. That's the, the approach that hit me 13 years ago. And I began to live that way. And of course, the rest, you know, it kind of changed absolutely everything for me within, yeah. within just moments yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's the thing is, is you you look at it and you and and so, you're you're so right. So many people pursue and have that and have those that that happiness is. I'm I'm only going to be happy when I've done this. Yeah, and it's and and especially for the majority of people, they they move the goalpost before they've achieved it anyway. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so mm. they're so so it is literally the carrot on the stick because they're never going to grab it because they're always moving. They're always taking that step forward. And it doesn't matter whether it's a, a business goal or a life target or whatever it is. It it's one of those things that they're always in pursuit, yeah. And never yeah. in and never into whether it be acceptance uh, or um, enjoyment or whatever it is. Is they're they're never there because they're they're never they're never quite made it. So they've always got that success letdown because they've never they've never achieved it. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was listening to a conversation um, about three years ago now. It was sent to me by. Um, uh, Hay House, uh, Reed Tracy, head of Hay House. It was about, well, it's four years ago, maybe now. And um, it was a conversation between uh, two great spiritual leaders. It was um, Eckhart Tolle, mm -hmm. who, wrote, who wrote The Power of Now, and uh, Wayne Dyer, who's written huge yeah. amounts of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so obviously he's not with us anymore. No. But actually they're having this conversation, and, and right near the end, they had, they had audience questions uh, on this recording. And someone in the audience says, asked them, you know, uh, along the lines of, you know, do you set goals? And um, it was interesting because this, this recording just a few, three years ago, we, Wayne Dyer responded first and he said, actually, he said, um, there's a lot of stuff out there in the world today. Lots of stuff I put out there about that kind of stuff. Hmm. And, I, and I realize now that um, a lot of it isn't correct. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he'd done stuff about goals and other things. He yeah. said, actually, he said, I don't set goals. Hmm. He said, I used to. 
Mm. But I don't, I don't set goals because it, it drove me to do a lot of the wrong things in the wrong way. And he articulated far more eloquently than I'm doing right now about his own stuff. Mm. But that, that was one thing. And then what, what was, and that to me was surprising. He was saying, actually, I've got lots of stuff out there, but where I'm right now, I realize that that isn't how it is. Mm. What a great thing to admit and to say, you know, at, at his stage and with all the stuff he had there. But he was being honest and authentic. Mm. The, the response from uh, Eckhart Tolle, I guess, was less surprising. And Eckhart Tolle said, Wayne, I don't set goals either. Because what I found when you when you set goals, it moves you away from your truth. And in fact, he talked about this thing about he was always trying to achieve things when he was younger, and he was actually made himself unhappy. Mm. Uh, never mind reserving the happiness for the future that he never got, but it made himself unhappy by taking happiness out of the present time. And I thought, wow, they've they've come to this place, and they're telling this audience, you know, yeah, you got to get out of bed and have breakfast, and you know, go to the loo, and there's certain things you know you got to drive from A to B. So we're not saying you can't have any type of goals whatsoever, but the worst saying there are some dangers with goals that can remove you from your authenticity. And here's what here's why that became important to me, Jeff, which is the point I was wanted to make, which was um, <laughs> get there in the end, is that when I heard that conversation from them, they, they said, um, and when you're not your authentic self, your best gifts and the talents don't show up. Mm. Yeah. I thought, oh my goodness. So, so what they're saying is that are there some steps and process that people go through along the goal setting mechanism that causes them to not be themselves and therefore Instead of struggling in life, they could be heroes. It could be amazing because we're all amazing when we allow our true gifts and talents to come out. Doesn't matter that's business or personal. We all came into this life as a 10. What I mean by that is as in 10 out of 10, you know, yeah. we came here as 10s. On the scale of 1 to 10, we all came into this life as 10s. Yeah. But I realized there are certain things that we can all do that make us operate our lives as a 3. Mm. Yeah. And Doing, having goals without having the requisite authentic daily standards can cause lots of eight, nine, and 10 people, mm. you know, operating to operate at a three. And if we're all a 10, mm. then we've got to start doing the things that can cause our 10s to come out. Yeah. Um, for me, the realization from listening to that conversation was actually being authentic can help you to re release your talents and gifts because they don't come out when you're inauthentic. They no, don't come out no. you're in your non-self. No. And the very gifts that you're trying to find with the, the next webinar, the next book, the next whatever it might be, mm. the next event is probably already inside you right now. The talent, that gift is probably already inside of you. Excuse my language, Jeff. Mm. It's not probably already inside of you. It's already inside of you right now. Mm. And therefore, all we have to do is to work out how to release that which is already within. Because mm. because we're a 10. Think about it now. If all of us thought to ourselves, everyone listening to this conversation says, I'm a 10. I'm already a 10. I may be playing at a three, but I'm a 10. Yeah. The way to get from your three up the scale towards that 10 is to live more authentically by going within and living from your truth rather than living some arbitrary date in the future, which may never occur for you or thing you may never get mm -hmm. and allow that to ruin your life and maybe the lives of other people. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. A bit, a bit extreme in my view there, but I'm just, you know. But no, but you make, you make a good point because the 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 – I think the thing is, is part of the, I really do think part of the problem, I mean, obviously meningitis is just one of those things that, yeah. but I think part of the problem was, is I wasn't happy because I wasn't being me. Mm. And there is this thing, and, and, you know, when you are, at the end of the day, the only thing that you can be is you. But we put so much, you know, there's, um, Jack Canfield uses that definition of we're born diamonds, yeah, we, we when we when we live through mm -hmm. life, all we do is put horse manure around it, and it, mm. you know, we, it covers it with shit, and you know it's just not in the right place. And then, in order for us to make us look good, we then paint nail varnish on it. 
But actually, what we need to do is we need to remove the crap. Yeah. I mean, all the poison, all of the the, wow. the limiting beliefs, everything that people have held away from it. A very crass way of identifying no, what you've Jeff, done so elegantly. But if you, if you don't get that picture, you're not listening. Well, no, exactly. I've got the picture. I've got the message. But it's, but it's, um, I mean, it's one reason why a lot of my work, I have the Dunbeetle. Because that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. because it's just you know all we do is majority of us, oh. it, we just we all we're doing is moving it around and we're not actually stopping for a moment and going actually, there may be things that I want to achieve in my life that are way ahead and in some ways maybe um you don't you can't necessarily conce- conceive might not be the right word but you can't you can't necessarily you don't know how you're going to get there yeah but deep mm-hmm. down there's this there's a desire, there's a, there's, a, there's a pull, whatever it is, that's moving you towards that place. Mm-hmm. And it is not about knowing every single step. It is, it is about being true to you and allowing yourself to go, okay, I'm me. You know, I don't want to be someone that isn't, that isn't someone else. I don't want to be this someone that pretends by bravado rather than authenticity mm-hmm. to, to be their true. I want to be... You know, I want to say these things not because it's it's the thing to say, but because actually that's what compels me to say these things. It's something deep within me to do that. Brilliant. And, and Brilliant. I think it's just when you get like that. You know, I do my work not because um, the the um, business model of 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 um, information uh, and education is a great business model. I do it because I live, breathe, and bleed what mm. I do. And I think is is when you can do that, and when you get people to look at you and go, uh, "Why is it you're so happy even when there's challenges?" It's like because I'm me. So therefore, and the lesson that I believe that I can teach my children, my uh, and and instill in them, I think that's the greatest gift of all. Wow, Jeff, can I hear an amen? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my white suit on. I'll go I'm give you an amen suit. on that, brother. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say to that. Yeah, but it's not, it's not yeah. like a, 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 you know, it wasn't meant to be a preachy thing. But it was, it was. No, no. no. The amen is like, is like, you know, nothing more to add to that, mate. That's that's how it is. Cool. You know, that's that's what I mean by that. It's 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 recognition of of that, that living in that way, and also, you know, it's about to say, yes, stuff does happen. Mm. You know, and. um and there'll be troubling times and there are issues. And, you know, you asked a question earlier on about when I changed things around and how'd you go from being the broke, desperate guy working seven days a week to becoming a millionaire within three years to um, working part time and doing things and speaking around all the stuff that you and I have talked about in the past um, as part of my story is to say, actually, the way that you do that is access your talents. They are there and they were there all of those mean, lean yeah. years all the time yeah. within you. Yeah. And, and and also it's being that frank person that says, you know what, I when mean, I started to live by this daily standards approach, I went backwards for a bit. Yeah. Because one of the things I had to do was let go of, you know, a lot of the people that were around me that were, because of the, the, how they were in their relationship with me, um, would be personally, you know, I'd look mm-hmm. at my friends around me and say, what have they got me doing? Where have they got me going? What have they got me saying? And if, mm-hmm. if that was keeping me down, I had, to, I had to cut loose. It sounds like a judgment, but you know, I've got this one life to use and I can't live it for other people and get to 85 and go, boy, I should have not hung around with those people. 
make that decision, yeah. cut loose. You know who they are. Get rid of those people. Yeah. Let them have their life. This life was given to you. Yeah. And then it was around working with clients and looking all my clients who are running me ragged and abusing my trust and raising the standard of who could be a client. So I got rid of almost all my clients back then. Left myself with 16 clients uh, and by the start of 2004. Um, by two, and I was just a struggling associate partner at this organization at, at that point. Uh, within three years, I'm a senior partner and made the first million. That gives you an idea of the strength of moving, uh, raising the standards of those you're around with, your clients, your people, your attitude, your relationships, your career, your money, changing all of those things and accepting that in doing so, yes, I went backwards because I was already struggling financially, mm. but actually I went back a bit further financially. But you know what? Did not care a monkeys. I thought, I'm already struggling. Well, I'm going to struggle a bit more. I'm going to do it as me. I'll do it my way. Yeah. And that was the thing. So yes, it increased the struggle. And yes, I had less clients to work on. But here's what, here's what happened. If you, at scale of one to 10 is useful for so many uh, uh, contexts and as much as I was projecting in life, in my business, people I was trying to do business with as a three. Can you do business? Please come and see me. Can I come and see you? I mean, you know, and uh, I'll see you anywhere, anytime, any place. doesn't matter. The smallest bit of business, the smallest transaction, just do that. And that was, that was my words. And it was also my energy. It was my aura, my physiology. It was everything was, was screaming, uh, Derek Mills was a three. Yeah. And guess, guess what? All I could get was attracted to me was twos and was ones, twos and threes. Now it sounds like a judgment. I'm just saying people who ones, twos and threes were not the people that I really wanted to do business with. If I wanted to make a, make a ding in the universe as, as Jobs talks about. So I realized that sixes and sevens and eights and nines don't deal with threes. Hmm. Now I, I wasn't there when these rules were made, Jeff, and neither no. are you. Maybe we were on a spiritual level, but yeah. you weren't there, there <laughs> making the decision and crossing lines out, you know. Yeah. But here's here, the thing: is I realised that the people who are six and sevens don't do business with threes. Hmm. So, so what I had also had to do was also raising my standards to one that fives would deal with, and I started working with fives because before they did not see me because I was a three. Hmm. Now here's the thing. Then raise it to be to what to working with to, to a seven and being and authentically raising it and believing it in such a way, raising my steps, raising my standards until more and more people who are fives and six and sevens and eights and nines began to see me that would never have seen me or engaged with me when I was acting like a three. Mm. So that was a key thing because it's, it's, it's not fair, but it is how it is. Yeah. People engage you where they see you. Yeah. So if you're a three, You'll get threes and you'll be gays as a three. Sevens don't do business with threes generally. So in order to do business with sevens, as in you can stay in the same business and you can 50 times your your your, your turnover, you could um, massively increase your case size or your fee size or your commission size by switching your standards so that people that would not look at you when you're so if you're, if, if, I remember a case, Jeff, just very, very quickly where, practical case, where a client, I was doing a review of his wills and trust for him in my uh, uh, financial services business. Mm. I, I told him what my fee was. This is going back before my breakthrough. Um, what, 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 my, what my basic administration fee was. Mm. And I could tell by the look on his face, I'll never forget it. He almost didn't give me the business because he was like, what? Is, is that all? Uh, because I've just paid this for this report and that from that report from this person over here. And they charged me that. So how come yours is only two, 250 pounds? Mm. He, he paid thousands for, for his other yeah. work. And, he's, and he, to be fair, in that moment, he gave me a bit of business. Mm. Can you guess how much business he's given me since? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you are. Yeah. None. Yeah. And of course, what I did when I did a partial business sale, yeah. I, I, I moved somebody else. This guy has, has, has not bought me. I've positioned it right. Yeah. So people will engage us where we set the standard. Mm. 
Mm. And, and that's the first bit. We have to change our own perception of ourselves and raise the standards. And that's the um, projection that mm. causes perception in others. When people perceive us differently, they will treat us differently. Yep. When they treat us differently, everything changes for us in the same office or business. It's not about the business or the economy mm. or the product or the service. It's about you and how people see you and how you see yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it probably and it starts from internally first. Yeah, it has to because that's the the, the internal, the yeah. authentic piece. Um, that, that that's what really matters. So you know what the, the key thing is. This is hard for people to believe, and I'm not sure I'd have believed it easily in my deep, deep struggling days. Mm. If he said to me, "Look, just go inside and live from that space and be authentic, yeah. and more people do business with you." I'd be like, come on, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it as fluffy as that? Because yeah. you know what? Is that people, it's and it, the, your business, my business, all of our business, every business listening to this conversation right now, whatever you think you do, you, you're probably wrong. Mm-hmm. What you actually do is it's a people business. Yeah. First, second, third. Yeah. It's a people business. It's a people business. So if you shifted the whole of your business model to make it just a people business, the other stuff can just whatever you sell, you whatever you widget you make, whatever product you you, you whatever it is, that's that's secondary. It's a people business. So the, the way uh, in terms of practical advice I'll give to an entrepreneur in business is to raise the standards. Look at the key areas of the business and decide where the standards could be raised. But part of that process is to is, is the convincer, is to say, where are my standards in, the, in that area in the first place? If you chose financial, or if you cho- chose products and services, or environment, or relationships, or executive leadership, um, which which area? If you, if you chose um, you know, training and transparency, whichever areas in business that you thought you, you could raise the standards in, a first question to ask is, where do the existing standards come from in the first place? Because then you can say to them, actually, that's, oh, the founders did that, or did that when I was 21, or I did that when I set the business up. Mm-hmm. And those standards may have honored and served you back then, but yeah. do they honor and serve you right now? And that's the question. And do, do they allow you to honor and serve others? Mm-hmm. So if your minimum order is 500 pounds, that may have been the case in 1991 or 2002. Yeah. But does the minimum order of 500,000, what, what was it caused you? What problems have you got? And why did you start it? You're a different business now. Is your customer is different. So you're sticking at 500 pounds because you're costing you more money than it's making you. Yes. What if you raise your minimum order to, to 4,000 to, pounds or yeah. 2,000, wherever it is? That changes your business. But here's what it also does. It changes how people who are 500 thinkers yes. see you. Yeah. And now the 2,000 thinkers who wouldn't have seen you when you were a £500 business will now begin to see you. So it changes you and how people see you. And when you say to people see you, they do business with you, they treat you differently, and that changes everything. Yeah. And, and, and the second part of that, Jeff, if you'll permit me, yeah, it's um, just to say that let's not pretend that um, you can go from uh, charging uh, an admin fee or whatever fee you might charge at X mm. and suddenly go to 10X overnight. Yes, yes. of course. Yeah. Difficult stuff. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not yeah. what I actually did. What I did, I went, I went to one and a half X. Yeah. So, for example, I had an admin fee at one point at, say, 250 and then I changed it to, uh, to a couple of hundred pounds more mm. and, sit, and then a bit more. And the way I, I look at this, too, so that any individual listening to this conversation can get true value from it, is if you can imagine... Um, your goal being the top of the staircase. Mm. So you're at home and you're at the bottom of the, of the staircase, but you're looking at the top of the staircase. The top of the staircase is your is your goal achievement, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, to get the goal achievement, you'll notice that being at the bottom of the staircase and knowing where the top is achieves zip. Yes. Because yes. goals don't achieve goals. Yes. 
I'm sound repetitious here, but yeah. it's, it's a hundred year myth here. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to explode here. And you know, calls down and so I'm at the bottom of the staircase, look at the top. Yeah. I'm still at the bottom of the staircase. No matter how many times I look, yeah. how many times I visualize it, no matter how many vision boards I've got, I'm at the bottom of the staircase. Yeah. So what, what gets me up there is the daily stuff. So what are the rules I live by? What are the criteria I accept or don't accept? The levels I'll accept or, or work beyond or not go below? The, 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 the basis, the criteria, and the levels, qualities, the rules. So when I do, a bit like a baby, you know, Climb. Imagine, imagine a baby at the bottom of a staircase in a, in a romper suit. Mm. And this baby, for the very first time, with mum and dad watching, of course, is going to move off the floor onto the first step. And it does what somewhat hesitantly and shakily, and the, you know, it's shaking all over, and it's it's looking behind, checking with mum and dad, am I doing the right thing, and you know, am I okay here? And you can imagine that little baby in that onesie climbing onto the first step. Now, do you notice when, when it climbs onto the first step, it's still shaking a bit mm. because it's it's because it's not comfortable there. Mm. And then after getting after getting comfortable, eventually it, it, it gets you know, well, it gets comfortable, and then it gets uh, you know competent. As in, it can it can structure itself, it can behave competently at this level to the degree it now looks over its shoulder back at mum and dad, even before it would never have done that, just moments before. Mm-hmm. So it's comfortable. It's confident. Then it gets confident. And we know it gets confident because it looks up again and it goes, yeah, what's next? Mm-hmm. So it consolidates its position. And then it steps up once more, shaky leg by shaky arm, shaky leg by shaky arm to the next level. And now this this becomes its new floor. Mm. And, and of course, it goes to the same process, get comfortable at this level. These are the fee structures. This is a minimum order for, this is a minimum field charge of client. Mm. Here's where I'll do business. Here's where I won't do business with, whatever it is. It gets comfortable. It gets competent. It gets confident, consolidates, move forward once more. So it's the, it's the daily standards, the action of living by those daily standards in our personal lives and our business that get us up the, step, up the steps to achieve the goals. Yeah, no, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I say this to all the guests, uh, mate, but I, I literally could speak to you about this stuff all day. Um, but let's go to the second half of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the second half of the show is the question times. Um, and I ask my um, guests on every episode the same questions just so we can uh, really identify key areas and key strategies that people do and some advice that they would share. So... Question number one is, how much time do you spend a week on self-development? Knowing you a lot. (laughs) Well, yes, I was thinking, I have no idea. How about most of it? (laughs) Wow, what a question. Uh, Actually, Jeff, I I don't know. But um, it, it takes me about an hour and 15 minutes sometimes an hour and a half to get from my home to the office. Um, And all that time, there's inspirational CDs, um, uh, an MP3 blogging with my my phone login. There's motivational, there's spiritual radio. There's so all of that time. Then I go home and it's pretty much the same time. I, I read, I'm always reading. It's kind of, Wow. So I actually don't know, but I would say okay. most of my spare time, and here's, okay. I think what's a, a, perhaps a better a response to the question, because I don't, actually don't know what the number is, how many hours, but a better response to the question is when you have flat time, mm. flat time in your, you know, whether it be sitting on the loo, yeah. I'm not even joking there, sitting yeah. on the loo or sitting in the car for an hour and a half twice a day, you use that time to listen and to read and, yeah. to, pay, and to pay attention to things. So that, that's what my best response to that question. No, that's perfect. I mean, the, the 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 ultimate concept of the question is is to prove to people that people who and people who are successful 
spend a lot of time in developing. And it's always that question when you ask this one, it's like, oh, my God, I've never really thought of that. I mean, how long <laughs> is it? You know, because it's and it's putting a number, but really it's just to emphasize the the importance that, the, uh, that yourself and, and the other guests have put into their own development in s- some way, shape or form to expanding their mind and knowledge. Yes. So, so no, so you answered that correctly. So you're <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, what is your favorite personal development book and why? And it doesn't have to be a traditional uh, personal development book. It just could be a book that has given you some uh, level of growth. Okay. My favorite personal development book is uh, is the New Testament. Okay. Yeah. Because um, when I, I – by the way, you know, I've never read – the uh, New Testament until about two years ago. Okay. To me, it was just like, you know, you go to church, you hear a quote, you hear someone, people quote the Bible all the time without even knowing where the, the source of the quote. And, um, and I was kind of one of those people. And, and then re- began re- reading it in um, 2015, um, o- over that summer and into the autumn. Um, just the New Testament. So I thought the Old, old Testament was a bit heavy. <laughs> so uh, <Yeah>. so <laughs> the, 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 the Jesus bit was intriguing me. Yeah. So that was the New Testament. And I, just, I read through that and I just thought, this is the best thing I've ever read in my life. It's amazing, the message, the the guidance, and also the thing that came out of me above all things, um, no, but, no, apart from the whole journey and the purpose of the Christ, the Son mm-hmm. of God and all that and the Saviour. But to me, the most important thing that came out in terms of practical for me was actually that this is all about love. Mm. And, I, and I've been in business up until 2015 for 29 years um, without, without realizing it's actually all about love. Mm. It's about you know, looking at other people with love, mm. seeing the love in them, recognizing it, being the love that you are. And when I recognized the conversations I've had with the real superstars of person development, mm. I kind of just, just clicked, oh, heavens, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're making their business, their products, their service all about love. I've seen a lot of people do it other ways and just try and do about the products and sell as much as they can and pile it high and sell it cheap to whoever will buy it. Mm. But when I have, recall my conversations with the top people I've had the privilege to either be on stage with or to share or have conversations with or actually to work with, mm. uh, like Jack Canfield and uh, Dr. John Gray and yeah. Marcy Scheimoff and other people, when I've worked with, with those people, it's, a, it's like an overwhelming realization that, oh, that's where they're coming from. Mm. So the New Testament, uh, Jeff, all the – the best message about you know how we treat other people and uh, the Good Samaritan story that everybody knows and how we and do unto others as you want to, as you have them do unto you and the golden rule and all that stuff and and realizing that it's all about love. So my business, both my wealth management business, my personal development business, my speaking, my career, my writing businesses, they're all about love. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go deep enough and go and look at the foundation, love is in there, and that's why um, the New Testament is the uh, and of course, apart from that, it's changed my life because I'm, I'm a Christian yeah. and happy to say so. Yeah. And um, and that that reading of that New Testament for the first time helped me realize how vital it was to recognize now that the good in all of us mm-hmm. and to at least try in this life to live from that place, not just at home with our kids where it's easy to be love, mm-hmm. but to be love dealing with others, to be love when we're in our business, to be love when we're selling or anything else, because that's what people miss the most. And I believe we can do it in any context of our lives. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. Question number three is what is your favorite app? Do these feel like do these feel like like GCSE questions? Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Facebook app. All right, cool. Okay. Because you can see in touch with more and more people and see how their lives are going. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what's yours, Jeff? Mine is my Audible app. 
I love my oh. Audible app. Um, Evernote is the general one because um, yeah. I love that. But Audible, I love the fact that I literally, wherever I am, in I can just click on that and learn. And that is a oh. long, my long, long, long way from where I was when I left school at 16. Um, wow. who, who, so you'd recommend it? Your yeah, Audible? yeah, absolutely. Okay. Audible Thanks, app. Mate. So it's all of the... Um, you get the audio books because with my dyslexia, oh. I, I do really struggle with reading. Yeah. Um, but it's with Audible, I can I can consume. Well, I do. I mean, I must consume about two, three books a week. Wow. Um, I don't always. I've got to listen to them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love doing that because it's to me, it's that's part and parcel of it. If yeah. that's the best praise of any book is to be read more than once. Um, but it's just, a, and then I write notes and keep information and all sorts of things. So when I'm driving, there's a one little button that you can press and it will page mark that bit um, that you can then right. just go back to and review later on. Right, I like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, highly recommend that one, my friend. Far better than my, than my mere Facebook app. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important app as well, Derek. That's Absolutely, an important app yeah. as well. Okay, so Excellent. question number four is, what is um, what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Now, you may have answered this in a yeah, indirect yeah. way. I'll, I'll pray, see, and that's by thinking I achieve success um, by setting and living by goals alone. And the biggest mistake was recognizing that actually it's the missing piece that causes, you know, causes true success. And it's it's the uh, the missing piece, the, the daily standards piece, how we live day by day, that determines our success or our failure, nothing else. So uh, in a way, I know we can't go back and change things, but um, and we, we talked to everyone about giving our life meaning in different ways. So when I say I wish I'd known that earlier on, in a way, if I did know that earlier on, would I be the same person? So it's a tough question to answer, but I would say that, um, you know, record- thinking for 17 years is all about goal setting to be successful. Uh, is, is a we, There's work to do in the next 100 years. Long after I've gone, um, I'm hoping that people recognize that there's, there's, there's a missing link, there's something missing. Oh, oh by the way, I want, I want to say this to you. Um, the Harvard Business Review. Don't you read the Harvard Business Review? Mm. I was doing some research and um, a couple of years ago and found um, 2009 paper by Harvard, um, Kellogg, Pennsylvania universities, and one other, I think, it's the University of Arizona as well. Mm. It, and they did a, a paper called Goals Gone Wild. I'm just going to just put that out there to say to you: it's not just about they make you unhappy and they don't, you know, authentic or whatever. They talked about how some of the largest corporations in the world that either still exist or have had problems, or including institutions as in hospitals and other stuff, care homes, mm-hmm. uh, politics, business, manu- car manufacturers, have had, have basically have, um, caused huge damage to themselves, their brands, their reputation in the world by focusing just on goals. Mm-hmm. It's called Goals Gone Wild, and it's the only Harvard Business Review I've ever seen with a, a yellow box warning at the end saying, be aware of this. Goals can damage you and your business and your reputation and your brand. So Harvard Business Review 2009, um, just to put that out there to you. No, I will have a look, and if I can find yeah. it, I'll put the link on the show notes. Yeah. Because then uh, someone, someone else, they can they can read it if that's what yep. they want to look at. Okay, so question number five is, what are your challenges in balancing work and life, and how do you manage them? Yeah. I think generally now I'm, I'm pretty much okay with that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess this is where I will sound selfish in as much as um, I will turn down business and opportunities and gigs and meetings, whatever, if it doesn't fit with my family life. 
I, I just will because I did too long the other way around. Mm-hmm. So the way I get the balance is by putting my wife and my children first in a way that I never used to when, when my wife, so my wife was younger, but yeah. my, my kids were younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so uh, that's it, Jeff. I don't yep. really have that challenge. I, I put, I put my wife family first. And if someone says to me, here's a few more zeros, you know, in order to um, make you a bit wealthier, mm. but you got to give up this time and come yep. to Australia and talk. And I'm thinking, well, can't go through to Australia and talk with you then because mm-hmm. my wife's got this going on yeah. and my daughter's doing her, re- uh, her GCSEs, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not going. Yeah. I call that being positively selfish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'll use that from that one. Yeah, it is because <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. got to. Sometimes you've got to. You've got to. You've got to stop and think for a second, and you know, tap tap into that bit and think. Well, yeah. it's uh, there's 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 a there's a bad connotation with selfish, but sometimes selfish uh, is about pulling us forward. So positively selfish is just about yes. putting the important people first, mm-hmm. rather than the gains that possibly sometimes will hold you. The, at the end of the day, you may regret that you went down that way anyway because you yeah. missed whatever else. Yeah. So, I think you, you can get another bit of business. You can get some more, yeah. more zeros on your paycheck. Yeah. Um, but you, you, I know it's a cliche, but you've got kids. Yeah. You can't get that actual time back, no, can you? you? No matter how you, how you try. So, so if I could talk to young entrepreneurs or those with young families, I'd say do not go down the pathway of thinking that it'll be okay, won't see them, we'll, we'll be great later on, we've got lots of money. You will not be great later on. You may not get lots of money. The no. time will not come back no. and you can't go back and revisit those times with your kids once more. Yeah. So, um, you know, be real, be authentic, family first, yeah. top of the list. Yeah, and you can't you can't bring it back. I mean, I know um, I couldn't help it being ill, but there's, there's, mm. there's, a, there's a whole... Um, I think we we were looking at some uh, I think nursery nursery history that my that they record their kids doing developing and stuff for the school. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, I was looking through, and all of a sudden, I just went quiet. And my wife came and asked, and I was in tears because I was looking at this thing, and I just cannot remember Josh, mm. my youngest. I've got no history or no memory of him from about one to about six. I guess I just can't remember any time. I can remember odd holidays and odd things, but I can't remember anything. And you look at that and I go, that is just, it's, it, you can, you know, I can sit there and be, you know, in some point times I would have felt guilty about it or whatever, but I just look and go, you've got to remember what's important because if you don't, then, you know, one day you will turn around and I go, I don't remember them. When when was that photograph taken? Oh, it was when you decided to sod off to Australia and we decided to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And you yeah. can't you can't bring that back. So no. yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. And Jeff, you know, that that, that is so 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 vital. And there's just two things that can make me think. One is that that what you've just said is is pretty much the best way to sum it up. I also felt there was um there were times where I, where I was actually in the room. Mm. with my kids um, but because I was thinking about work all the time and where's the money going to come from whatever even though I was present physically in the room yeah. five ten years later they say to me dad do you remember this and and we did this and you said that and we were and we were there and we did we all and I go no yeah because I even though I know I was there I don't remember because I wasn't actually there yeah and what I've learned now when when with my loved ones in fact what I practice this you now even with my clients wherever I am is to be present yeah to be in that moment and to suck the, the energy, the life, you know, and, and be there rather than later on going, no idea what you're talking about, love. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And you, but you said that, and you remember, you, and you want no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, so being yeah. present. Yeah, it's one of the guest gifts of being a therapist and a coach is train me to learn that skill because yeah. I and just 
it's just something I, I would just well we all take for granted I think is and it's we don't really we're not probably a hundred percent present like we should be in those sort yeah. of times so no good, yeah. good advice mate okay question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had had known starting out I can see these questions challenge you, Derek. Oh, oh they are, yeah. I, I love it because I'm, I'm not even going to my head. I'm going, I'm going inside here. So it's, so it's quickly slight, running slight, slight, to slight his journals. <laughs> no, no, I'll say inside of me, inside of me, <laughs> not inside my bookshelf. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I think for me, Jeff, it's, um, you know, that when we start out in, in life and we, and we, step out there and set up our business or businesses uh-huh. that we have a, perhaps an expectation of what we're trying to do. And I, this will sound, in fact, because it is repetitious, it's actually recognizing that set up your business. And at the top of that list, when you write out your first journal, you get a blank bit of paper and you start or writing your business plan on your spreadsheet, just right at the top, this is a people business. Uh-huh. Now, if you just wrote that, uh-huh. And remember that every time, every single day, morning, afternoon, evening, before you went home again. This is the people business. Because that will then drive everything that we do in a way that honors and serves people. Because I um, could be corrected here. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there's a chap called Zig Ziglar. Have you heard mm-hmm. of him? Yeah. And he said, you can have whatever you want. But, but he said, not anything, but whatever. That means everything. Mm. You can have whatever you want in your life if you help enough other people get what they want in their lives. Yeah. So this is the people business. You can have whatever you want in your life if you help enough other people get what they want in their life. So that isn't a practical bit of advice, but it's a a foundational piece of advice. Absolutely. Whatever you're selling or retailing or doing or service you're providing, if you begin with that, you will run a different business if you did it compared to how much money can I make out of this. No, that's brilliant. You've got two different businesses, haven't you, there? Yeah, absolutely. So question number seven is, is mm-hmm. what is your definition of success? My definition of success is, it, it follows on from the, the authentic piece, mm. is that uh, it's to the degree you discover who you are, mm. be that person. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much, Derek. Okay, so question number um, eight is the life lesson question. So Derek, pick a number between one and 50. And we will see what lesson this will land on. 23. 23 is yeah. <laughs> record successes. Um, oh, you're kidding me. No, you just I'm made not. that up. I'm not. If you'd, chosen, <laughs> if you'd chosen 22, it would have been journaling. Oh, and right. if you'd chosen 24, it's the art of reflection. So, wow. um, so yeah, so, well, we, we've been talking about this for a lot during the during the conversation, but it's that <laughs> importance of... There's mm-hmm. two elements of it is when you can record your successes and you take time to do that. Mm-hmm. We have this tendency or certainly what I've experienced is we have this tendency that when things are going and hitting the fan metaphorically, mm-hmm. um, we forget those, that what we've achieved and we all of a sudden edit our reality to match the fact that everything has gone wrong. And, you know, we may use generalization terms like it always seems to go wrong and everything like that. But I think there's a huge importance of recording your successes. And it also comes from the point of when I was ill, the, 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 th- the treatment at the time was to record how you feel. Well, mm-hmm. if you're clinically depressed with hyper levels of anxiety and unable to leave the house, um, wow. 
I'm pretty guaranteed, and I can guarantee it from personal experience, there ain't much stuff you record that is going in a good way. So what I had to train myself to do is is look at what happened, what was good today. And it might be for my t- my lesson or my rule for that was if I if I managed to walk downstairs okay, that's a good day. If I sat and had a five-minute conversation with my wife before falling asleep for the rest of the day, that was a good day. But when I then had a bad day and I could look back, there was that ability to go, actually, do you know, it wasn't as bad because I had a conversation. I walked down the stairs. I I spent 10 minutes, you know, whatever, sitting in the garden. I think there's an importance of recording our successes. And I'm pretty confident I know what you're going to say, but I just thought I'd see what you think about that. No, Jeff, you know what? um, The way you described that, mate, and I know obviously a bit of your story because we've spoken before, I think actually there's huge value there. Hmm. Um, you know, recording your successes because uh, you know, recording your successes um, is useful because, of course, if you go back to the confidence thing we mentioned earlier on, hmm. it means you've got the confidence to say, yeah, I, I am a success. You know, hmm. big, and I love the fact you went into not big things, yeah. but big, but big and small things. Getting yeah. down the stairs, speaking to your wife a few days. Look, Jeff, let's put this you know uh, out there. Hmm. There are people that did not have it, did not have an illness. They don't speak to their wives for five minutes in the day or their husbands or their yeah. kids one-to-one yeah. Yeah. down at their level, sitting down, yeah. having that eye contact and engaging and holding a space for them and having five minutes. So mm. it hasn't got to be a big thing, but I think no. it's brilliant what you've just said that sometimes just being there for five minutes, it's a bit of an aside, but mm. I've got huge value from that. Yeah. So it's like, so recording our successes, big and small, absolutely happy with. I also uh, believe that we should record the tough times. Mm-hmm. So because we know life is a series of ups and downs. Yeah. It's how, it's how we frame them. So if we frame those tough times to say, actually, if just for one reason, to look back and go, I've had 97 tough times in the last three years. Yeah. You know, therefore, when I get the next few this year, in other words, they are going to come. Mm. This is no roast into glasses no, conversation. Totally. They're going to come. So yeah. when they come, I have a record of getting through them and growing as a result. Brilliant. And did I always grow? No, not always. Sometimes no. I didn't like it and I couldn't find the lesson. But most of the time, I grew out of it. And and all the times, I got through it because here I am. Uh, yeah. No, fantastic. Derek, um, thank you very much for, for joining me on, on the show. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, could thank you, you Jeff. share with us how we could find out more about you um, and, you know, events or whatever it is that you do? Because it would be um, lovely to... The floor is yours. Okay, fine. I mean, thanks for the opportunity, Jeff. And it's been hey, brilliant, uh, you know, having this chat with you today. I've loved some of the stuff that you've shared, and welcome the opportunity to to share one or two ideas as well. Thanks. And I recognise that daily standards are the different way of doing things. So I understand that most people do set goals. So I don't tread anyone on toes. I just want to say that actually, if you're on, if you look at this again, you know, and you look at your goals, it's your daily standards that achieve the goals or, or achieved your failure. So why don't we just focus on that, the daily standards, and leave the goals alone for a while, or put them on the vision board, and forget about them. Mm-hmm. Focus on the, on the daily standards. So I just wanted to put that in, in, into context. Mm-hmm. Also, to say ways of connecting with me, of course, are through Facebook, um, no Daily Standards on Facebook. Um, also, our website is dailystandards.com. Um, so, we, so we have that. I'm happy for anyone to contact me at, uh, you know, it's Derek or info at dailystandards.com. That's now going to direct questions because I speak, coach, write, mentor, and all the rest of it. Uh, in terms of, of events, there's a couple of interesting things coming up. I'm, we're working on our schedule uh, for the rest of this year. We're kind of jigging things around quite a lot, to put it lightly, because we are, um, there's, a, there's a new movie coming out in July 
uh, which are called Think, which is the legacy of Think and Grow Rich, the, um, the, the kind of the all-time best-selling personal development book of all time. And uh, the Napoleon Hill Foundation and some guys in, in um, LA are making a film about the book, and it's featuring a couple of billionaires and some other great people. I managed to get a small cameo um, in the in the film because of my work with Daily Standards. So I'm in the Think and Grow Rich film, and um, the premiere of that will be in the, in the States around July time. Then it, it's a global, because it's, it's been, the book's been in every country for the last, you know, 80 odd years. The film would be the same. So we hope it's going to be phenomenal, not just for the existing generation that know about it or the last few generations that know about it, but actually I'm excited about bringing it to the, the, the millennials, Generation X and Y, and the youngsters who can you know, look at the brand for the first time and change their lives with the, some of the principles. So um, after July, what's the, what's the Daily Standard space? Come to our website, you know, um, register with us, if you don't mind me saying that, Jeff. Is, no, no, of course. Or, or, uh, so to re- because the reason I'm saying register with us is that in the UK and, and potentially in Europe, I will be the lead in terms of um, sharing the detail and the content and the premise for the movies and the events will be linked to the movie for Think for the Think and Grow Rich movie. So visit our website at dailysanders.com and you'll see everything there and we'll, you'll be ahead of the curve of everybody else pretty much around the, around Europe at least um, when it comes to the film. I'm, I'm massively excited about that and we'll, we'll also be sharing, Jeff, lots of events between showing how uh, someone asked me a question, uh, how did Daily Standards get into Think and Grow Rich movie? And it's because I shared the principles um, with, one, with one of the producers of the, of the movie and the director. Um, and he said to me, that needs to be in the film because that is a piece that people will get benefit from so they can achieve their goals. If they've had years of reading the book and studying things and still haven't achieved their goals, they need to know what was missing, and your story does that. So that's the, the sole reason why I got into the Think and Grow Rich movie, which is, God willing, impacts so many lives around the world, I hope, over the next you know, 50 to 100 years. Brilliant, brilliant. Yep. Der- Derek, it's uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show, and it's a privilege having you as a friend, mate. Um, and Same with you, Jeff. I wish you the greatest success. And you, mate. God bless you. Thanks very much. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of, uh, of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk i love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how i can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review, as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.